You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Welcome back to Perpetual Traffic. We are now on episode 20. We've made it to the big 2-0. How about that accomplishment, guys? Yeah, yeah. 20 episodes and 200,000 downloads. So thanks for listening, everybody. We're, we're really excited about that. Wow, yeah, that's crazy. We hit 200,000 downloads like between now and the last episode, didn't we? We've hit a lot of earbuds. <laughs> yes, we have. Yes, we have. So we want you to keep listening, keep listening, keep sharing so we can bring you a lot more uh, awesome stuff. A lot of a lot of things happening, a lot of uh, a lot of changes happening in, in the traffic platforms, a lot of cutting edge strategies that we are using, implementing, learning from and testing every day in all of our different labs. Today's episode is going to be fun, I think. It's a question that I get all the time. I know Ralph gets it. And I know Molly gets it from all of our different groups. How do I scale out my campaigns? How do I increase budget without decreasing my ROI? Or how do I make more money instead of losing money when it comes to my campaigns? Yeah, I finally have something that's working. You know, how do I get more of these same results? I think that that's something that everyone wants and and also struggles with. And it's it's definitely an art. I think that scaling is one of the hardest parts of of running traffic because you can initially get really good results, but at any sort of scale, those results can can diminish quickly. Yeah. And it's it's one of the biggest sort of troubleshooting questions I think we get when somebody has something that's working really well. They just want to increase the budget. And that's really one of probably, well, we're going to go through five ways here. There's lots of different ways to do it, but the five biggest ways that we found to work to be able to scale out those the campaigns that are getting, you know, your cost per lead or your cost per acquisition or whatever it is at, at an acceptable level without blowing out your budget, without blowing out your uh, your key performance indicators. Today, what we're going to be covering is five simple strategies that you can use to scale out your campaigns. Now, these same strategies or tactics can also be used to help troubleshoot a campaign, you know, help find a campaign and just maybe you're not trying to scale up. Maybe you're just trying to get profitable. Maybe you're trying to get your first campaign profitable. So whether you're already having success and want to have more or you're, you haven't quite gotten there yet, this is going to be helpful for, for you no matter what level you're at. So let's get right into it. Molly, if you were to pick the number one thing to do when it comes to, if you've got a campaign that's kind of working, what's the first thing you're going to do if you're going to try to increase your ROI and, and scale out the campaigns? Yeah, so I think the the first thing and really the most obvious uh, place to start is increase your spend. It's already working and you want to pay to show your ad to more people to inevitably get more of the same results that you're getting. But as you increase your spend, you need to be mindful that you really can't just, you know, double your spend every day and expect the results to be the same on any traffic platform. As you really bump up the spend for a campaign, you have to keep in mind that the platform also needs time to optimize. So, you know, say you you bump up the spend 50% one day, you need to give the platform at least three to five days to really optimize and find more people, most like the people who are already converting. So there's really a sweet spot there for scaling campaigns that we found. And uh, that's increasing the spend by about 50% 
every three to five days. Sometimes it only needs to be once a week. You really need to gauge and also base it off of your intuition. If, if the last time you bumped this, the spend and it totally threw off the results, then you might need to wait a week next time instead of three to five days. But a general rule of about 50% every three to five days will not only allow you to spend more money and achieve similar results that you're already getting, but it's also going to give the traffic platform enough time to optimize so that they're not forced to just spend a bunch of money to show your ads to people who might not be relevant. That's a really common question we just went over. So Ralph, like when it comes to like a situation, let's say you've got a client that wants to increase faster than the algorithm can handle. So Mm -hmm. that rule of thumb that Molly gave is perfect. So what she's saying is basically, let's say you're spending $20 a day on an ad set, then 50% of that would be 10. So you'd want to increase no more than like $10 every three days or so. Now there's going to be some situations where you're going to have to increase it more. Maybe you just, you're just have a situation. You've got a live event, something's going on. And I think what we're saying here is we're not necessarily saying that you can't increase more than that. Just realize that it's going to take probably a couple days. It can, sometimes it might not, it might be fine sometimes, but it might take two or three days to even back out to where you were. I think the one exception to what Molly says is when we're starting off, we're doing this in a lot of different ways now, but a lot of times we'll start off with one ad set and one interest and then just test which interest actually might work for, for our customer. But we also do it in a lot of different ways too. Let's say we're starting off with $10, maybe on that, uh, as soon as we start seeing the cost per lead coming in where we want it to be, we might double it to 20 just because it's only $10. But in 90% of the cases, we'll then just after that, we'll increase it by 50% going forward. And even to the point where you're getting into dollars and cents, you know, if it's $20 and then you go up to $30 and then you might go from there to $45, And every time you do it, always look inside the Facebook ads manager for the last three days since you increased that spend. Make a note to yourself or whatever so you can actually see what the effect is. Sometimes the algorithm can't handle it or maybe your audience is too small. That's actually a really important thing to keep in mind is that if you have a really small audience, let's say in Facebook terms of small audiences, 20,000 people, 10,000 people, or maybe it's a you know, website custom audience with a couple of hundred people, you can't scale that out to $100 a day. You just can't. It's just too small. So like Molly says, you know, much larger audiences, a million plus, you know, we go as low as like 200,000 plus, but the real sweet spot for the audiences are larger. So the larger the audience, the more ramp or the more scaling room you actually have. And we typically will use like $10 for every 10,000 people or 10,000 in that audience to give us a general idea as to where the maximum budget might be. Moral of the story, definitely scale slowly so that the traffic platforms can keep up and, and really show your ad to the most qualified people possible versus blowing a ton of cash. All right, now that hopefully you have a good understanding of how to increase spend with your existing audiences and ad sets, let's talk about number two. Now, as we start to tap into number two, three, four, and five of these ways to scale out, 
it doesn't mean that you start with one and then you go to two, okay? You can be doing all five of these literally simultaneously. And as we go through them all, it'll kind of make sense to you. Yeah, that's a great point, Keith. And, you know, for example, with number two, while we're increasing the spend, we're also, you know, finding more people like the ones that are already converting, which would be, you know, number two. So if if we're using Facebook, for example, and we have an ad set uh, with a list of interests and that ad set is converting really well, right? So maybe it's just a list of books that our target market would read. Well, if that ad set is converting really well, I'm going to take that list of interests and I'm going to hop into Audience Insights, which you can Google Audience Insights. It's a it's a tool. It's a Facebook tool that you can use. And really, you're leveraging Facebook's data to tell you which audiences are most like other audiences. So if you have an ad set that's converting, take those interests, put them into Audience Insights, click Pages Liked, And Facebook is actually going to give you a list of other interests that are most like those that are already converting. And it actually shows you the affinity. So which pages are really most like the ones that are already working? So I'll just make a new list of pages that are most like the ones that are working and create a new ad set in that same campaign. It's it's a great way to uh, continue to scale your campaign uh, to new audiences. And if you go back to episode number eight in the podcast, we talk a lot about this specific targeting research in Facebook, all, you know, the the top three tools that we use. So if you want to refresh on that, just go back to episode eight of this podcast. That's really a favorite of mine, really leveraging audience insights. And you can do the exact same thing on other traffic platforms by really just looking at what's working and finding more audiences that are the most like the the interests or, or keywords that you're having success with at the time. Yeah. I mean, we do the exact same thing. I mean, these are all, like we said, these are all overlapping. It's not one after another after another. It's, you know, we're doing increasing spend as well as doing this, what we call um, targeting scaling. Uh, increased spend is basically is budget scaling. So we've got sort of five different tiers that we go through on this, but I mean, they're all sort of happening simultaneously. And after running ads for a couple of weeks on a few ad sets, you can start to get a sense as to which ones are your best converters. And that's what you really want to find out in your first couple of weeks is, you know, what's working, what's not working, pause the stuff that isn't working, you know, add budget, increase spend, like we told you on the stuff that is working, and then take those interests and pump them into audience insights, go back to episode eight, listen to all the sort of tools that we use, and um, you can start scaling that out. Just these two steps alone are probably the most powerful ones out of out of all the five. And Ralph, they make the most sense because you have something that's working. You're either going to, one, pay to show that ad to more people, or number two, find more people to show that ad to, right? Uh, so you're expanding on both fronts if if you knock one and two off the list. All right, let's hit number three. Number three is one of my favorites, and there's a lot of ways you can get creative with this. We're going to start out with the most simple way, okay? Uh, Number three is where you can use lookalike audiences, okay? And you can layer those lookalike audiences with other broad interest-based audiences, 
Okay, what does that mean? What that means is that let's say you've got like 10 of your the top interests that, that you know are, are working and, and you're trying to go a little bit wider. Like, for example, if you're targeting business owners, let's say you, you, you target a super broad interest like small business owners. Let's say there's 20 million people in that audience and you're looking at it and you're like, whoa, whoa, that's that's way too broad. I don't want to target that because it's just it's too broad. I'm not going to get good results. One way you can do that is you can take five or six or seven or eight interests that are fairly broad that you'd be nervous using them on their own and you lump them all into one interest. And then you also add a, a lookalike audience. So you're targeting an audience that you've created a lookalike audience based on your say subscribers or customers or Facebook fans. We always recommend using the largest list that you have because that gives Facebook the most data. Uh, let's say it's your lead list, your subscribers or your leads. And what you can do now is you can say, I want to target people that are inside this lookalike audience. Let's say it's around, around 2 million people, um, but they're inside that lookalike audience, but they also like some other broad audience. They also like baseball, for example, or Tiger Woods, you know, something super broad, um, but they're inside that lookalike audience. Yeah, it's like a Venn diagram. It's that intersection between the lookalike audience from those data points from Facebook, which bear in mind, I mean, we always sort of defer back to the fact that Facebook actually knows more than you do. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, use these tools. We use Audience Insights, which is a Facebook tool. We use Website Conversions, which is a Facebook tool to let them automatically automate or get more conversions for us. And then we use lookalike audiences where they're basically taking data from real people and then saying all these other people look like these people based upon what we think is about 2000 data points. So yeah, this is super powerful and a lookalike audience on its own can be very powerful without the, what we call interest overlay. But if you're just starting, you probably don't have enough information quite yet for that lookalike audience. So doing this strategy is, is the best one that we do, especially with new ad accounts or maybe, you know, new offers and it really works wonders. I'll give a quick example too, just just in case anyone's confused. If we're running traffic to you know a, a standard five step funnel, and and say our lead magnet is the ultimate list of of blog post ideas, right? So they're going to opt in, and once they opt in and give us their email address, um, it's going to trigger a conversion pixel on that next page, a Facebook conversion pixel. So after we've generated leads on this pixel, it's collected data, right? So it knows the people who have hit this page. So we'll go to that pixel and we'll create a lookalike audience. So we'll say we want more people just like these people who have converted, who have already opted in. So we'll create a lookalike audience based off of this conversion pixel. And, you know, we'll have 2 million people who are most like the ones who have already opted in. So we'll then pair that lookalike audience when we're setting up an ad with a broad interest like blog, right? I think it has like 20 million people inside of that interest. And so that just helps refine the lookalike audience a bit and really keep it on topic. And it brings us back down to that, you know, sweet spot of about a million people. So just so you guys have a, a real world application, but if you are using the Facebook platform, the creation of this lookalike, especially if you can create a lookalike off of a conversion pixel that gets a lot of activity, 
and then really pairing it with a broad interest. If you're selling dog products, you would probably want to do dog, right? You know, a really broad interest, it'll refine that audience. And it's really a, a great way to scale. Once you start to get data, you might find that your lookalike audience alone, like Ralph just said, like if you have a 1% lookalike, that might be a really good audience. Like right now for me, that's one of my best audiences with zero interests at all. So if I want to go broader and I want to take a really broad audience like dogs, I'm going to do that and I'm going to layer that with my larger lookalike, like a 2 or 3% or maybe even 5%. Some of you that might be a little bit over your head, but it's really important to realize that you want to use these audiences as you start to go broad, use your assets, use your lookalikes, and it'll shrink it down. It'll turn a 10 million person audience into 800,000 or 500,000 like instantly. Those are the kind of things you can do. You can get really creative with it and just try different things. It's kind of fun. Just get inside the the ad creator, the ads manager, or the power editor and just start playing around. That's that's all you need to do. And you can create lookalike audiences basically off of a number of different things. Your fans. So for example, when we took over a client account that had 150,000 fans, but no hits on a conversion pixel, we immediately created a lookalike off their fans and it crushed. You can do it off your website custom audiences, which is if you've had that on your website, people who have visited your site are obviously interested in your stuff. You can do it there. You can also do it for an uploaded email list. Let's say you have 10,000 people on your email list. You upload it into Facebook. Facebook matches it. Let's say there's 7,000 matches, something like that. Then you create a lookalike off that. So there's four different kinds of lookalikes that you can do. These are super powerful. So whatever your main asset is, your biggest asset, if it's your fans, your list, your conversion pixel, you know, your website custom audiences, use those. The more data Facebook has, the better performance that lookalike audience is probably going to produce for you. All right, so let's get right down and we've got two more left. Let's get into number four. Number four. All right, Ralph, what's the, what's the fourth thing we should do if we're trying to kind of scale things out? Well, this is kind of a, an optimization and a, and a scaling all at once is that um, the reporting tools inside Facebook, just inside the ads manager are really, really good for you. You can actually see what age ranges, what gender, what placement are converting best for you. So you just, I think it's like the first one that when you go into ads manager, it just says results and that'll actually show your website conversions. And then just next to that inside ads manager, there's a couple of different dropdowns, which is age and gender, or I think just age and then one for gender, but I always choose age and gender. And then there's placement. So what you can do is you can actually sort your data by how many people in certain age ranges, like 25 to 34, 35 to 44, plus male or female, are converting best, are giving you the lowest cost per lead, the lowest cost per acquisition. You can sort by that. So maybe, you know, we have a client right now that, you know, the 65 plus age range is just crushing it. And, you know, everything below that is way less. So we're focusing in on that. And then in another case, we have ad sets that are running that are in the mobile newsfeed the desktop newsfeed, and then sometimes we'll run right-hand column all in once, and we'll actually you can actually see which placement, so desktop newsfeed, mobile newsfeed, or right-hand column are, are doing the best for you. So if your right-hand column ones, there's another customer who's like, that's their best performing ad for whatever reason. So we focus all our efforts on right-hand column and scale out that. I know what Molly does, sometimes you guys will start with all three, and maybe mobile gets most of the impressions, but then you might scale out just using 
desktop newsfeed or maybe just right-hand column newsfeed. Yeah, absolutely. At DM, we we call this optimization and scaling part cutting the fat. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we start our campaigns, we leave the demographics wide open and the placements just to let the data tell us, you know, who are these people and and on what placement are they actually going to click? And after after three to five days or even a week, we'll look back at the age, the gender and the placements that are converting best and we'll cut the fat, essentially, uh, cut the placements and, and demographics that are performing the worst and really scale the ones that are working. So it's a great way to scale not only trimming the fat, but really running with the placements and demographics that are working the best for you. Yep. You definitely want to start as wide as possible so you can let the data tell you where to go. Just realize at the beginning, it's a lo- it's a learning phase. So don't expect to get the best ROI on any campaign the first 48 hours, okay? You have to understand this is a, a phase of not only of producing results, leads, customers, but it's also discovering important data about your audiences, you know, whether it's placement, whether it's device, whether it's interest, whatever it is, let Facebook tell you, you do your research, but start out wider and then use the reporting. And then you can start to, like Ralph said, you can uh, start to cut things out, cut things down, but you've already done the research ahead of time to find out what is, is working overall. Okay. Now let's move on to the final strategy that you can use to, to scale things out. Ralph, what's the number five out of the top five? Well, this is definitely one that we uh, we use sort of as a secondary way of scaling, but it does actually work out really well. It's actually sort of combining two different things in one. And actually, our partner manager told us to do this in a certain way, and now we're actually using it, and it's working really good so far, uh, which is when you actually – you either – deal with ad fatigue, but also duplicating your best ad sets and then changing something inside those ad sets. So let's say you've got a, you know, one of your ad sets, which is, you know, in the Tony Robbins interest for whatever reason, and you find out that 35 to 44 year old males are your best converting ones based upon your data. So what I would do is I would duplicate that ad set because maybe I had wider range of ages. Maybe I had both genders, but then I duplicate that ad set and then just plunk that one in a brand new campaign. And I might change the age range or I might keep it the same or maybe slightly alter it. But you can do that because Facebook now looks at that as a brand new ad set, a brand new interest, a brand new campaign. And what makes it even more ninja is that when you add in a brand new creative in there, like a brand new ad, something that people haven't seen before, that's when the magic really starts to happen. Right. You're not only starting over the optimization process, but since you have been targeting this audience, you don't have to worry that people are just going to see the same ad that that they've been seeing in the other campaign. So Ralph, when you create the new ad set and you know your optimization is starting over, which is which is fine. That's the beauty of it. You're kind of re-optimizing the campaign. But when you throw in a new ad creative or you throw in variations of your copy, that really helps because it it really helps to overcome that fatigue. This audience has been seeing this ad creative and the same ad copy, and maybe it wasn't appealing to them before. But since you've refreshed your creative and refreshed your copy, um, it can really make a big difference. And this is what can really allow you to run long lasting campaigns that run for months and months on end. 
you know, the traffic team here at Digital Marketer, we call this refreshing a campaign. If if we have an offer and we've been running traffic to it and and it's starting to fatigue, we'll go ahead and and duplicate and and add some new copy and and new creatives to make sure uh, we're freshening up the campaign and and giving it some juice. Yeah, definitely. And um, just to clarify what not performing is or getting tired, if you see a previously well-performing, let's say you have a goal of a $3 per lead for your lead magnet, uh, and all of a sudden it's just started to creep up the last few weeks to four to five to six, which is still acceptable, but not quite as good as it was before. That's what we're talking about. That ad creative is getting tired. So you need to put it to bed or you know get rid of it and freshen it up. And the easiest way to do it oftentimes is, I mean, the lazy way to do it, the, you know, the lazy man's way to create a, a new ad is keep the same ad copy, but just change out the image. We refer to it as the creative. So just, just people, so you understand what that is, that's the 1200 by um, 628 image. So that's your ad creative. So you can use the same ad copy, but just swap out that image because that's the biggest, that's going to have the biggest impact because that's the thing that they see in their newsfeed and it's the most visually appealing. And another way, one of my favorites is to have a totally different style, same audiences, you know, different style of, of ad, like a video ad. Mm. So yeah, switch up the medium, switch totally. up the medium. You know, you've got carousel ads, video ads, video ads are some of our favorite because yeah. you just have people that are in different frames. You might have somebody that's at their computer, at their home office or at their work office, and they've got more time where they can read through um, watch a video or, or read through a long form ad copy. But then again, somebody else that even that same person the next day or somebody else might be second in line at Starbucks and they don't have the time to, to consume that specific content. So it just depends on, on the frame of mind that people are in. Some people are more warmed up to your brand. So they're cool with a super short copy link post ad or somebody else that's never seen you before. Sometimes a, a video ad can resonate, you know, much better with them. So the awesome thing about having these different types of mediums is you can almost have smaller budgets to the same audiences because you have these different styles of, of hitting people. So don't be afraid to, to do that. It'll, it'll help your relevant scores and, and your, your comments and positive feedback compared to negative feedback and, and those types of things too. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, case in point right now, one of my account managers is actually creating a carousel ad for a client that we've been running video ads for, which is doing really, really well so far. But we're probably going to send those carousel ads a lot to the same audiences. So maybe the video ad didn't resonate, but they're still doing well. I'm not going to pause those video ads. They're still doing really good. But now we're going to add in this different element here. Maybe we'll change up some of the audiences like Molly talked about number two, you know, and scale out that way too. So you're sort of doing all this stuff simultaneously and you just never really know what's going to resonate with your audience. Is it video? Is it a carousel ad? Is it you know, a link post ad and sort of the classic sense, is it mobile, desktop, you know, right-hand column, you just never really know. So you can mix all that stuff up and, you know, the variety of different ways in which you can show ads now in the ad platform, you're able to scale, you know, using these five ways relatively quickly. I mean, you think it used to take a lot longer for us to do this, but now because Facebook's gotten so good uh, and the reporting's so good, you can do it much faster. Yeah, Ralph, you, you hit the nail on the head. And really, this just takes tweaking, guys. You know, uh, scale is hard. You're probably going to screw it up the first time, <laughs> unfortunately. Yes. So 
Um, you know, you will figure it out. Keep tweaking, keep making new campaigns. Once you find something that works, who were you targeting and what were you saying to them? And how can you find more of those people to say the same thing to? That's, that's really what it's about. But I think these, you know, five strategies are, are great ways to scale. Again, you don't have to do them sequentially, but I think using them together or a few of them, um, they're great strategies to get, um, you know, more of the same results. All right. So let's review. Number one is to increase spend. So slowly increase spend. Remember, don't try not to increase more than 50% every few days of, of the, of the budget within that ad set. Number two is to find new audiences, use audience insights, uh, use the best audiences, plug those into audience insights to find new audiences to create new ad sets with. Number three is use lookalike audiences. Okay. Take a broad audience and layer that with a lookalike audience based on your, you know, subscribers or customers or, or website visitors. Number four, use the reporting tool. Okay. Let Facebook tell you which placement is working, which age demographic is working, and then that will help you scale. Take the best areas to sections of those and then scale into wider audiences. All right. Number five is to try new creatives, new ad copy, duplicate ad sets, and kind of just create a new ad set and have that running and let Facebook continue to optimize that new ad set to a similar audience. All right. So uh, your job, the listener right now is to go out and look at your campaigns and see how you can use these five things. You really can. If you're not quite ready to do number five and, and create different mediums, you can go out and do one through four, literally starting right now. So go into Facebook, get into your reporting, get into audience insights, start finding new audiences, scale slow, watch the reporting so you have no risk. You can really find out what's working best, which interests might work best. Get a little creative and, and do a little bit of experimenting with the lookalike audiences overlaid with the broad interests and watch your campaigns do better. All right, guys, thanks for bringing it. Good stuff. Talk to you on the next episode. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.